I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for our second preview, the Jayco Alula preview. I've just touched down in Australia, so what better team to do a 2024 (laughs) season preview of where they survived the relegation battle last year. They came into this year with the three leaders the same as the previous couple of years or the previous year, Gronewegen, Matthews, and Simon Yates. And they had a few additions, which I think I questioned this time last year, who performed really, really well. So let's take a look at their, their 2023 season first before we look at their transfers, the Australian team and then their realistic aims and goals for 2024. So how would you rate their season, Benji? What were the highlights and lowlights? Well, first of all, Simon is one of the key characters in their previous season, which 12th at the Tour de France, that was pretty good. 12th at the Tour is a, a good result for Simon Yates, and I find it hard seeing him podium the Tour de France, so I think that is kind of the area where I expect him to be, to get with potentially a a top three at a different Grand Tour if he had selected that. So that's good for him. Fourth at Paris and second at Santos Student Under, has to be mentioned. A stage at the Santos Student Under. I, re- I feel like he performed throughout the season with that Tour de France, with that Paris and so forth. Maybe I did expect him to be in the top 10 of like one or two more one week races, or is that too much to ask? I think he was. Uh, I think he. Did I miss some? I- I think he was in the top 10 of Pays Vasco, no? Yes, ninth. Well. So, and then Roman he abandoned his yearly abandon of a race <laughs> when it gets a bit cool. So, I think Simon Yates actually had a really, really good season. Uh, it's his first, it's his best year in terms of yeah. consistency since 2018 when he won the Vuelta. You know, fifth in Lombardia, third in Emilia. It was just missing, like, in in 2021, he podiumed the Giro, no? He podiumed the Giro with yeah. a, a stage win. In 2022, he won a stage. In 2019, he won two stages of the Tour de France after top 10 of the, the Giro. But in terms of... But then on GC that year, he was... Yeah, that like, not that good. So... I think his most consistent year, 3,000 points, their top point scorer. I still think a very, very good rider on his day. Sometimes his scheduling I'm not 100% on board with, but a hugely valuable part of the team. And yeah, I I think he performed admirably for them uh, this year. They had a split goals at the Tour with him in GC and Gronewegen for the sprints. In terms of how about Gronewegen though, Benji, who I mentioned? Um, well, the thing about Hulemagen for me good? is it's hard to, to say because I wouldn't say so. I don't think he was as good as Simon Yates, for example. I also don't expect him to be consistent throughout the season with the train they have at Jayco and so forth. One stage win at the UAE Tour, no Grand Tour stage wins. 
And basically, I feel like, is it harsh to say that Grunewagen's season last year was a glorified stat padding in .pro races? Yeah, he had a full Bauhaus season, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Saudi win, one UAE win, that was decent. Then one second at Tirreno, fourth at Shelter Price, one at Stage of Hungary, one Wienendal, Wienendal, <laughs> not competitive at the Dauphiné, one, two stages of Slovenia, and then quite consistent at the Tour, uh, four top fours, which is actually a lot of UCI points, but yep. never really was close to the win, I don't think, on one of the stages. He opened up, and I thought, here we go. Yeah. This is the time he's going to really drop the bomb. And he kind of petered out on his sprint. There wasn't that that big 10, 15-second burst. Yeah. Uh, and then sort of consistent middling results in, in semi-classics in, in Belgium uh, in the sort of the 1-1s one for the rest of the year. So he still scored 1,300 points, 73 race days. I would say for the money they're paying and for the emphasis they put on him as well, uh, which is they sort of, it's weird, right? Like they put yeah. a lot of emphasis on him. Yeah. There's a lot of stages, world tour races, they'll wake up that morning and they say, we're going to chase the break today. It's going to be, we're going to put in a lot of effort here. But then at the same time, yeah, you look at the train or lack thereof they sent to the tour with him. Yeah. And, and sometimes he's not put in a big position to succeed. And that's a, going to be a big question mark for but, next year with obviously Ewan coming in. I vaguely remember from the research I did for the, uh, for the actual sprint awards that we came to a conclusion where I felt like Grunewagen was often gassed before the actual sprint happened. And I wonder that is that because the pro sprints that he ends up winning are ones that don't have the furious fight for, for positions in the last five kilometers before the sprint happens because his own team can control it. While in a Grand Tour stage, it's out of their control and Alperson absolutely fires it. And the sprints that he is competitive at at the Tour de France were the ones where Alperson didn't fire it off from far, in my opinion. So maybe yeah. an easier lead up to the sprint might be better for Grunewagen, which is why the results are this. And also for his train, you know, Slovenia sprints, Mezgets and Reinders are much more capable yeah. of, of keeping him in good position from 1,500 metres to go, 2Ks to go. They're not really able to in the Tour de France. But there's also, yeah, I think uh, the problem as well is he's an old-school sprinter, and so yeah. outside of the pure sprint stages or shelter price, he, he, can't, he can't score for you. Those Dauphiné yeah. sprints where Christoph Fedor won one of them and then was, I don't know, second or fifth in the other. Gronewegen's 125th, and I seem to recall them maybe chasing that day. So one of those days. So, yeah, Gronewegen won one head of the three leaders, and then Michael Matthews is the other one. I think probably not his best year either, Benji. Mm -hmm. Um only in the new sort of point system, he's usually a very good point scorer. But yeah. I think this is his worst season in, in a decade. Michael I think Matthews. so as well. Like, like he did win a Giro stage. Yeah. He, um, wait a second. He, he got slapped by Dali, right? In, in the Canadian Classic. Yeah, he got third in Quebec behind Strong yeah. even. So those are the kind of races where he really needs to rack up the points. And yes, he got top three. Yes, 325 UC.
points, if I recall correctly, which is very valuable. But if that's his main day of the season, then the top four at Cat Great Ocean Road Race to rag it up. Yes, he gets some UCI points along the way, but I expect to see him more at the front end of races. And in Grand Tour stage, that was less this year. He was less competitive for a green jersey, for example, in the Giro, even though that was going to be difficult to begin with, because Milan was pretty damn dominant there. But I would be expecting him to compete on stages where a Milan is also competing where he wasn't competing this year. And I'm starting to feel like with the transfers that are coming in, spoilers, Caleb Ewan is coming in and so forth, whether I would try using him as part of a lead out in certain races as well. But that's a discussion we can have when we talk about the, the transfers. But I agree. Like he, he got a stage win at the Giro. Filippo Zana got a stage win at the Giro. That's valuable. But this is not a top match season. No, he and he didn't always do some of the races that he's really quite good at. Like he didn't do Amstel Gold Race, where yeah. he's really good. He's like always a lock for top five there. But you remember this guy podiumed the World Championships Road Race last year and he didn't finish the race this year. I can't remember what happened. So he, I think yeah, the, but... back end of his, the back end of his year where he normally farms a lot of points wasn't quite as strong as it normally is. Isn't Madge is also the kind of rider that you would like to send to a Roman or Catalonia with those like hilly sprints, those yeah. reduced sprints to try and rack up results? Because I kind of feel like you could, it's not the same rider, but could but you could try and stat pad like Caden Groves does in those races. Well, yeah, of course. I, I think he's won three stages of Catalonia before. He's won three yep. stages of Pays Vasco before, like the stages that Schelling or Igita won. So yeah. he is good for those races. It's just how does that fit in with this guy normally having to lead them in the uh, in the Hill Classics and the Cobble Classics? He uh, he often even does Liege and Flesh sometimes. He didn't this yep. year. So a, a different spring for him. I'm not sure they'll repeat that spring, frankly. Uh, and I don't, I don't, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think they should repeat his <laughs> spring program. I think they should go back to the tried and tested, farm some wins at a Catalonia, or, uh, a Romandie or a Pays Vasco and, and get those points in, in Amstel Gold Race, Provence Pale and, and Tour of Flanders, Dois and for all those, etc. Um, so there's the three. I would say one of the three was, I think, above expectations. The other two, mm -hmm. a little bit, a little bit disappointing. The, Positives, though, are the guys they brought in. I think Dunbar at the Giro looked better than... I mean, you remember Dunbar was with yeah. Roglic on Bondone. He finished yeah. with Roglic fourth on the stage. He looked really, really good and then, and then petered out at the end of the race. But I think the Giro was super positive for him and then he crashed out of the Vuelta. And yeah. then Zana was unbelievable. Like yep. Zana slapped Pino in the Italian Champs jersey on a, a serious mountain stage in the break in the Giro. That's a great return. Yeah, certainly. And it's also curious that Zana can combine both the breakaway attempts with the helping the sprinters in the versatile sprint stages kind of way. Because he was at the front of the peloton yeah. trying to help out. I don't remember if it was Grunewagen or something, but he was at the front helping out their sprinters as well in those races. And... That does matter. That does add to a rider like that, that he's more, more than just a one-dimensional being. And I agree, Dunbar definitely performed better than, than we definitely expected. I thought a top 10 at a Grand Tour was possible, but I didn't expect him to do it that way. I'd expect him to do it in the 
oh, I go in the breakaway in the third week and end up stumbling into the top 10 kind of way like Louis Mankies does. While yeah. he did it the actual, I'll go with the best and try and survive as long as possible way. Do you reckon he sometimes tries to hold on too long to the best yeah, GC he, riders? He overextended a few times. I can't remember whether it was on Koi or Trechimi, but he attacked on one of them. And um, so, yeah, I think he overextended a little bit, but that's a learning experience. And I think they got to be happy with it. I remember yep. even uh, Zana helped him on Bondone. Zana was so yep. strong there, Dunbar even had to tell him to chill out when it was a group of Almeida, <laughs> Thomas Roglic, and, uh, and Kuz. Zana yeah. was there, I think, as a satellite rider. So, yeah, he was really good. Zana also won Tour of Slovenia GC, which is it is a dot pro race. Like That's a nice return for a guy who was on Bardiani the year before. So, yeah, good pickup from them. And there was also... Uh, Luke's one of Luke's favorites. Engelhart, I think, was very, very good. Uh, Bahay showed a bit of promise. Yep. And then, so the young guys generally good. Mm -hmm. The young Australian guys, Quick and Porter, weren't didn't show too much. Correct. Harper was quite good. And then Steve, the older guy, Steve and Demarkey, they extended Demarkey, Benji transitioning yep. into uh, their 2024 signings. What's he done to get that? I don't know, to be honest. Like, he's not a terrible rider. He was a solid domestique, I think, in the Giro. So there's value. I, th I think it's he's better than riders that are also in World Tour still. So as a domestique, I think he's still valuable in a Grand Tour. I'll say it again. <laughs> Seb Berwick. Why are they, why are they signing Demarkey instead of Seb Berwick? Well, um, the market doesn't are, have better results, and he's thirty-seven, and he's not Australian. Because he they might want results. him to transition into a DS role afterwards. Fair enough. And Berwick is too young to become DS next year. <laughs> well, I would suggest <laughs> if he wants to be a DS. He can be. He can be a DS. That's just yeah. That. <laughs> um, but yeah, By he's way, been extended. Yes. Live reaction. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's as good that he's got a contract and he'll yeah. have a nice program at Kaha actually because yeah. I think they see the points he scored recently and like for a team like Kaha, 400, 500 UCI points is actually matters. But yeah, yeah, so I think he'll have a really nice program at, you know, Spanish all the Spanish uh, stage races, which suit him actually a bit better than I think the other ones. But um yeah, I was really surprised. Of course, I'm biased, but a team like Jayco <laughs> would extend someone like Demarkey instead of getting a 23, 24-year-old Australian who, who has the same... He also came third in a Giro, in the same Giro, and he, and then he did well yeah. in other races. Um, and to be cheaper, is, uh, it is surprising to me that other teams didn't... Um, like, is Sam Oman better than him? That little trek over Sam Oman. I'll tell you they're not. Sam is not better than him. Um, but <laughs> that's by the by. I'm, I'm happy he got a contract and I think he'll, he'll do well, hopefully, at Kaha. Um, but yeah, the incoming Benji. Yes. The big one, Caleb Ewan. We've already mentioned I think we've touched on it before. I guess it's a win-win for both. We don't know the exact money split, what Lotto Destiny are paying or what uh, Jayco yeah. Alula are paying, but... To me, they've already said, I think Matt White said in an interview that uh, on the Cycling Podcast, they're doing a pretty much a split schedule, Benji. What do you imagine that looks like? To me, it's you and Giro, Groenewegen Tour. 
I think so as well. I think it's you and Giro uh, to the front, to Nubegen. And honestly, there are sprint opportunities in both of those races. The question for me is where will Simon Yates be added on? I think he should be added in both, but we'll get to that in a bit. And mainly, how the hell will they field two leadouts for both those riders when I feel like they had trouble fielding a full one for the Grunewagen in 2023? Yeah. Like, it's hard to judge their leadout train because Alpecin stomped every other leadout train that existed. But do we have nah, a feeling their leadout's of... not good. No, look, look at, you know, what X, is... your boys. You know, look you, at... My th boys. They were... They were there, some, you know, they were there. Or Cofidis yeah. were there in some of the tour stages. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they got swamped. But they were there, you they know, within there. relevant in the last K. I don't remember that with Jayco. So, it's just that they're not there. I wonder if we take a look at those races, where in the train it goes wrong. Is it because a certain rider has difficulty staying at the front? Is it because the second rider can't be able to move up to the point that he needs to be... To, to get in that competitive position to be there in the final segment. I always wonder what those things are, because I feel like sometimes it's just Mezgech in the final trying to help well, out Hunewegen. What well, was the train in the tour? Mezgech was there, and the rest I don't remember. There's Reinders. Okay, he's okay, maybe five Ks to go. You know, he's fine. And then you got Mezgech. Derbridge can't do it. Craddock can't do it. Harper can't yep. do it. Ewell Jens can't do it. Simon Yates definitely can't do it. <laughs> so like Are you've you sure got about that Craddock Durbridge Yul Jensen I like Craddock as a sort of break guy I think he was yeah. really good on the low stage but in terms of a uh, in terms of a train a, a sprint lead out they have four guys who basically can do the same role Yul Jensen Reinders Durbridge Craddock and there's no one Really, in the second last roll before Mez gets, yeah, there's no no one like that. Um, yeah. So, and, and that's in the UAE tour. They really had a different lead out in the UAE tour, where Gronovegan probably you know won his best quality sprint this year. They did mm -hmm. have more of a a lead out there for him from memory. Uh, if I can look at the team, yeah. So there they had Calm Scottson, Blake Quick, Jan Mars, Hepburn, and Reinders. So that's a much bigger lead out for Groningen. Now, I don't disagree with them having a split ambition, but I, I think you've you got to replace Jules Jensen with a proper guide. So they've brought in for that purpose Max Walscheid, Benji, uh, mm -hmm. I think, is to form part of the lead out. He's obviously, you know, he, he fits a criteria which I said is important for lead outs, which is like a, cl a sub-elite classic-style sprinter who's huge. He's two meters tall. He's 90 kilos. He's got massive 30 to 60 second absolute power yeah but for unrelated reasons i reviewed volshide doing lead outs for the last two years because i was looking for someone that could be a lead out and um <laughs> i wasn't too impressed i must say because uh, this guy can't get over a highway <laughs> he can't yeah i i somewhat agree when it comes to Walshide. it's like obviously in like the purely flat sprint stages that won't be an issue, but we've seen recently that, recently, it's, it's been for a few years now, that sprints are getting more versatile and more versatile along the way. So you'll need to get your leadouts over that and you'll need to get your leadouts also in Grand Tours. Sometimes I feel like the limited leadout that a Grunewagen has because he's combined with Simon Yates is sometimes spent trying to catch a last minute breakaway as well. 
so that he has limited riders in the end as well. But I feel like Runeweg is in a position where in Grand Tours, the team should not be carrying sprint stages. Leave that to other people. Leave that to yeah. Alpecin mainly. I, I'm pretty sure they did that more this year though. Yeah, but then you don't, you don't need to take Yul Jensen then. Yeah. Don't, or Durbridge. They don't need to bring them. I agree. And yeah. I don't think Walshad is going to be the solution. I'm thinking about the other riders they brought in, like Luke Plapp has done some lead-out work for Ineos, but yeah. I don't think his heart is in that lead-out work. I think he wants to be something different. He can be part of that lead-out, but I'd rather see him doing something else. I think he could do a good job. I think if he's... I think he has to participate in that if he does the Tour de France and they bring Groenewegen or, yeah. or you. And, but yeah, he, for Ineos in the, in the Croatia race, he's really, really good in that role. Uh, Davide de Preto and uh, Anders Foldaga, they have uh, brought in from the uh, Italian Conti scene. They were yeah. sort of late U23 riders with quite good results. Foldaga won a Tour de l'Avenir road stage. He won a Giro uh, U23, the final stage, and other really, really good results. So I am I'm past second-guessing these sort of <laughs> signings with, with Engelhard and Zana. Uh, so I'm just going to assume these guys are going to be quite good <laughs> straight vibes. away. I get yeah. punch of vibes when good. I see these riders, and they're, they're good in those like U23 Italian classics, so I wonder if that will translate into the actual Italian classics, into the actual... like punchy stage and so forth. I think the Preto was top three at LBL U23. That's vaguely from my memory, so that could be completely wrong. But outside of these, Mauro Schmidt is a big name for me in transfers. Yeah. Although in 2023, I feel like half the season he wasn't really present where I expected him to be. He's in Las because Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> Vegas trip story was great. That, that was being so said, I feel like Mauro Schmidt has not had the race program in 2023 that he should have been good at. As in, what's what rider? Why, on could, why couldn't Alperson? he have been good in Canada while stopping him other than being not professional enough to keep training after he was leaving the team? I do not remember. Uh, let me take a look. Yeah, he, he would straight up was not good in the second half of the season. But in the first half of the season, like his Basque country was really bloody good. Like yeah, really good. good. It was really good. But what do you buy with those results? Wouldn't you rather, if you're quick step, use that guy for the, for the classics in the same way Quinton Hedemans was used for Alperson? Like, you, you, you don't gain, gain much motivation for a rider by sending him to the race program that he probably shouldn't be riding in the first place, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's, it's clear with them. You bring in Schmidt and he does the, he does E3. Yeah. Tour of Flanders, Brabant, Amstel, Liège, yes. and just tries to score a lot of points and get some good results and also takes a bit of pressure off Matthews. And you've got in the notes, Benji, like their classics team is not so good. Kel, obviously, on the flatter races, I like Kel in a, in a heavy crosswind day in, in Doise d'Or. I think Kel can do well. Yep. Um, but they need a bit of... There's not eight guys better than Mario Schmidt for their classics team, that's for sure. Exactly. So uh, Schmidt, I think it's a really good signing. I think it's a really, really good signing that they got him on a three-year deal before he's fully broken out, if he does indeed break out. Um, a guy who could have maybe podiumed the World Championships for road race in Australia last year and didn't. 
So I, I think 23 years old, it's a, it's a really, really good signing and um, it's exactly what they need. And yep. I can't wait to see how he slots in uh, in the team in the team next year. But hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's, let's do their... Should we do their, their teams first? Ben? I think we should do their leaders at the, the, the races first. So I've just said the classics. Basically, the leaders in the classics are uh, Matthews and Schmidt. Is how I see it with yep. Kel, hopefully a dark horse. I'd like to see him do a Lazcano next year. Uh, and then, and also Ewan, to be honest, don't forget, Caleb Ewan was following Van Aert and Laporte ahead of everybody else on the Kemmelberg in Genvevelhem this year. I couldn't believe that image when I saw it. So Ewan's <laughs> actually not bad. Like in a Kerner, Ewan is not bad. Um, Giro, though. Wait. Well, you, you've already mentioned it. Who are they sending? Wait, wait, wait. Calma, calma, calma. Okay, no, that's not well, Australian, yeah. but I will say calma, calma, calma. About the classics, I feel like when I look at Omloop, that seems like the perfect race for a Matthews to do well at. As in, Ballerini on Omloop. Like, similar rider. <laughs> 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 that might be slightly insulting to one of the two. <laughs> but uh, when you see it, Mood van Gerard's back is the real obstacle in that race, and Believe it or not, that race is actually not the not the craziest attrition race in the run-up to Muur van Gerardsbergen to the point that it often comes back together on the Muur van Gerardsbergen. So when you have the likes of Matthews on that climb, then and I'm like, they should I be think good. He, he should be good in that kind of race. And you and Forkurne. If the race is not so hard before, that guys like Kell and Durbridge shouldn't be able to put them in position. You yes. know, they should still be there. And Matthew should lead out Ewan in Kurne. Oh, 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 we're going to, that's a big discussion point for the, well, for, as a broader point. Yeah, but <laughs> should we just, should we just do the overall train discussion then? Yes. Okay. This team does have the riders to put together a top three train at the Tour de France. There are enough riders on the roster for that, where they have a really strong unit and a good sprinter. Groenewegen, Plap is the setup man. At 10Ks to go to 6Ks to go, he's really good in that role. Mm-hmm. Mez gets, uh, sorry, then you have Reinders, uh, so the 5Ks, Mez gets second last, Ma- Matthews last, last man. I don't see, or you can even have put Scottson in there as well for and have Mez gets third last, and then Scottson in the Ricard role, and then Matthews. Then you got a real train. I don't think they can do that because they do need to also give Ewan something. But I don't see how you Matthews can't be a lead out this year if he goes to the if he goes to the tour, right? Which I think he will. Then why mm-hmm. would he not? Why on a flat sprint stage if Groenewegen is there? Is he? Is he what? Just saying, I'm not going to. 
participate today. He has to be a leader. I don't see any other option. And then on the on the sort of the gravel stage, he can go for it. All the other stages, he can go for it. But is that presuming he goes to the tour, Benji, and Ewan does the Giro? I think Ewan's doing the Giro. Well, there's going to be a sprinter at both the Giro and the Tour. And regardless of that sprinter, I feel like Matthews could be in that lead-out role. And yeah, he's a champion. He's done quite a bit of things in the past, but Vanderpool's a pretty good rider, and he's still doing a lead out. Like Bernard Laporte. Just put the pride aside, put the ego aside. I don't I don't know if he has it, by the way, pride or ego. I'm just saying it. Like, put that aside and do do that job and see if it works out. And also, I know they're doing a split schedule, but my heart wants one race, some random stupid race in the season <laughs> where Grunewagen is Thor Hushoft and you and Tyler Farrer from the days where Hushoff was leading out Farrer. I want to see Grunewagen lead out Ewan in a random race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be good too. But yeah, and then, and, <laughs> and then you'll have a, the other train then will be, I think, a little bit weaker in the Giro. And that will be, uh, if Ewan does the Giro, that would be Callum Scottson, last man. He show, he, I think that's, he stepped yep. up well. That'll be really good. Maybe Kel is the setup man and Volscheid in there too, a second last. So that's, again, for the Giro, really not a bad train at all. Scottson, Volscheid, yep. and who did I say? Who did I say? Kel. Um, it's, but it'll be tight. It'll be tight. Because uh, this year it wasn't, it wasn't the best. I think there's also some, the way they use the train is, is something as well to, to look into. I, I don't think, you know, X or Cofferdis have more talented guys in their leadouts than Jayco or Lula. Um, yep. But yeah, I, I think Ewan should do the Giro. I looked at the first week in particular. I really think there's a lot of... Ewan's really good mm -hmm. on a flat sprint stage with a 2K 5% climb and then a sprint at the, a flat sprint at the end. And we have yeah. that on stage three. And, and he is going to be better than Gronewegen on that. I can guarantee you. This is Poggio Ewan. He nearly he came third in the Hungary uphill sprint before he crashed himself. That was literally a, a 4K 5% climb finish. So to me, it's a no-brainer. He does the Giro and Groenewegen then does this. I think there's a lot of like pure sprints in the Tour this year where there's just nothing on. So yep. that's perfect for Groenewegen. I agree with both your assessments. I still believe that one of the two should also go to the Vuelta. I, um, I think it's yes. more likely to be Ewan due to the fact that I also expect the Vuelta to have some more hilly sprints, which might just be in my head because of the past. But next to that, also the fact that it's Giro Vuelta is more doable than TDF Vuelta. Simon Yates is a big thing there because Simon Yates takes half the team away from them, reduces their lead out riders, even though Simon Yates is not the rider that takes a full team, which is a very valuable he just kind had of half GC rider. Really. Yeah, it's like he has limited riders that work for him. But he is able to pull off a decent GC result as a consequence. And I think in the past, he's mentioned a few times that he loves the Giro more than the Tour. I want them to do the Giro Tour de France double. Giro being aimed for top three in GC and Tour de France, well, depends. If he feels like he could do GC, then maybe that. But I'd rather feel like he would be ending up like a Remco Velta or like... I think you mentioned it, 2019. Um, I don't remember it exactly, but I remember a, a Tour de France where, where Simon Yates won multiple stages, if I recall. And was that the one where... Who was the Yates 
that was riding ahead of Ella Philippe, then crashed, and then Ella Philippe on the stage in that breakaway stage. Oh Jesus! Adam or Simon? Probably Simon. Adam. Very good. I, I can't remember. Yeah, the same person. <laughs> I I agree with you in the sense that he's proved he can do it before. In 2019, he top 10 the yeah. Giro and then uh, went to the went to the tour and won a stage or two even. Yeah. Jaco had a very nice tour that year. My I disagree in that I think for the best GC result possible and points, I think you send him on altitude and he does the Vuelta. And okay. he would have a huge advantage on all the guys who are doing the Olympics, who are doing the tour. I think he could come in with a, with a preparation advantage against the guys second tier guys doing the Vuelta and he hasn't he won the Vuelta in 2018 he didn't do it for four years until 2022 where he had to abandon with COVID so I think the Vuelta is is probably better for him and for GC doing Tour Giro he can't do GC at the Tour then yep. so I think he should do the Vuelta I think they should go Matthews and Groenewegen Plap even at the Tour de France Go for breakaways. Well, go for go for every sprint stage, every medium mountain mixed stage. I think that's what they should do. Flap focused on Olympics. Uh, I'm pretty sure, right? Are there other uh, riders, Aussies, in the team that will also do so, track related and so forth? I don't know. There's a lot of Kel Aussies, eh? and a lot Kel of Aussies maybe. care about the Olympics. Yeah, Kel. I saw Kel and Wellsford on the the leg press today. Um, so maybe that was with some of the track guys. The Range of motion, though, looked a bit suspect to me. So I think the boys were just loading up too many plates just to show off for the Instagram. Um, <laughs> I need to see some, <laughs> see some more range of motion there. But yeah, maybe Kel, the track pursuit guys are, I don't know. Um, what, do they, what do they need to get out of the year, though, Benji? What, what's, their, what's their goals? What, what If you were writing down for them, for Jacob Alula now, what do we need to do in 2024? I think for me, number one, more than any wins is make sure we score enough points that in 2025 we do not need to stress about this yes. shit for relegation how worried should they be right now when it comes to their current rankings are they in trouble are they close to being in trouble it's important to know when it comes to context so they are they are 1600 points away from uh 18th so they're in 13th yeah. on 10704 basically from 11th ef to 18 is within 2,500 points. So Jayco, yeah, they're 1,500 or so points ahead of DSM in 18th, but then the gap to Arkea in 19th is really big. It's <laughs> 3,500 points. But, you know, that's across the two seasons. Who knows? They just got Damar. But I think you want to consolidate that and you want to go into... I think you want to go into 2025 having like a, a 5k plus, maybe preferably a 6k plus buffer. And if you've got a 6k plus buffer, you don't need to worry about it. Um, they are a bit top heavy uh, in terms of guys who they rely on for points. So that's always a risk with injuries. But I think Schmidt helps with that if he has the, if he performs like we expect him to. So that, that's still, that's number one for me. Number two is uh, win a stage in all three grand tours. I think they're more than capable of doing so. Number three is Podium Grand Tour. 
I think Simon Yates is still capable of putting in a Giro of Wealth if he does it. Yes. And uh, I think number four would be develop the young guys, develop Plap, develop Zana, develop Dunbar as GC prospects. I agree, but I think that your point two and three are on the same level for me, as in winning stage in every round tour, plus the GC bit of Simon Yates. I think that's very valuable, the GC bit of Simon Yates, which both of it will help the actual first point you mentioned, which is the, the actual uh, UCI point. So with the team they have, with the two sprinters they have, they should be capable of winning a stage in every ground tour. It's as simple as that. Like, no offense to Groves, but the riders he was beating at the Vuelta, they were not top sprinters. So Ewan should win a sprint at the Vuelta. Yeah, yeah. He just has been, you got to get the guy there. You got to get yeah. and motivated in good shape. And if it was so easy... We wouldn't sit there every year and doing our world to preview in August singing, fuck, this sprint field is terrible. Um, so <laughs> there's a reason it is. It's not so easy to go there in good shape. But yeah, I think you and Giro Vuelta alongside Yates is, to me, that's, um, that's a recipe for success. And then I don't know what Grand Tour Schmidt does, uh, but yeah, I think actually... I think they're in a bit of a transition. Oh, they're, ne they're near a transition, I should say. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. They're near a transition in that, in terms of transfers, uh, Groenewegen just got extended, but Simon Yates is out of contract at the end of 2024. So, and half the team is, I think, as well, but a lot of older, some of them are older riders. So, can they keep I him? I think that Simon Yates. As in, will there be a, a top-level GC team that tries to add him as an Adam Yates role in their team? Like Little or Bora, or Hansgrohe <laughs> would make sense. Or UAE in addition to Adam Yates. Yeah. Oh, we didn't do the outgoings, but sorry, they lose. Uh, Stibar retires or doesn't get a team. Germay hasn't got a team. Postelberger had a two-year contract and then bizarrely just it posted on Instagram that he's not riding for them next year. Uh, but he wasn't good this year anyway. Balma was okay, the Swiss rider, he hasn't seen another team. Colleoni's going to intermarche, the Italian, who's not, not so good. And the, the best rider that's leaving uh, for them is Sobrero. I yep. think uh, a, a nice rider, but also... I honestly don't think... Like, if he got a decent offer at Bora, money-wise, like, he doesn't score points, uh, and he doesn't really win, so... Yeah, but he can help people score points, in my opinion. And he got close to a Velta stage win. Uh, he won a Giro TT too, but... Um... <laughs> well, he does score some points. <laughs> but seen the world, he, Yes, he nearly beat Kemna on that one uphill stage, remember? Nah, Kemna cooked him, bro. He nearly beat him. I don't think I don't think I don't think he really did. I think Gamna fucking ruined him. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll be teammates next year. Uh, if they okay. neutralize the race three kilometers earlier, Sobrero wins. I mean, without Camden knowing, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> what's their over? Oh, how many wins do they? How many World Tour wins do they have in twenty twenty four? Benji, we we, we said yeah, they had four this year, seventeen overall wins. By the way, I think that's PCS says 17, but I actually think that Hong Kong race that counts for 2024, so 16 wins this year. Um, how many World Tour wins? Four this year. Alperson, you said 14 or 13. I said 13 for Alperson. You said 12 for Alperson. There's about 163 or 164 
in the yeah. entire season. And um I um I think I'm gonna go with Ewan could get there, then Grunewagen no. Yeah, nah. Six. I'm gonna go up. Yeah, I think they I think they four is kind of their flaw. Like when I think of twenty nineteen you know, they won, damn, they won 34 races in 2019. Crazy, huh? 13, 13 World Tour races. Man. How They're not they at that 20... time anymore. No. In 2022, they won nine. I'm going to go way up. I think Jayco win <laughs> eight, eight, eight World Tour races. Okay. We're um, about at... I'm a 19 in total now. You're a 20 in total. We've got quite some space for the other team still. So we're looking. Yeah. By the way, we're giving these World Tour wins at Proti at World Tour teams. We might need to like keep like three World Tour wins left for the Pro teams because otherwise we won't, we won't get it right, right? Because the Pro team is going to win a World Tour stage at some point. Yeah, a lot of Israel. It's true. That's a, that's, that's a flaw in this. <laughs> hmm. I'm not, I'm not doing previews for them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, hot takes quickly before we get out of here uh, with Jayco Benji. Oh my God. I've completely forgot about the hot takes. Um, when it comes to hot takes, I tell you that. Oh my God. Matthews does lead out Ewan at some point. That's not a hot take. Is that a hot take? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying here. Okay. Um, I think Samuels wins the. I think Samuels wins the Giro. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't I see don't. why not. I don't see it's it a happening. Hot take. Think, okay, yeah, Samuels winning the Giro is yours. Okay. Yeah. Deal. That is a hot take. I'm gonna go with Caleb Ewan wins. <laughs> wins more than half of their World Tour races this year. Their World Tour stages. They're all their victories. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to okay. you. Okay. I, I, I can see that happening actually pretty yeah, plausibly. If he does Euro of Welter, then he the really should is, do that. The problem is, I, I gave them six, and in reality, if he goes to the Vuelta, then he might actually end up giving more than one. So. <laughs> well, we have to put Luke's in. Luke says that Felix Engelhardt becomes Olympic champion. I don't know, maybe of... <laughs> maybe in what... BMX freestyle. Does he do that? Actually, too? Mauro Schmidt world champion. No, Mauro Schmidt Olympic champion. Because that's the race no, with limited you should, you should riders world per champ. team. World champ is better course for him. No, it's in, and it's in Switzerland. And it's in Switzerland. But Pogacar is there. He's no good. But he's also at the Olympics, so. Fuck it. Mauro Schmidt wins world championships in Zurich. Yeah, that's a much better. That's, what, that's more in the spirit of things. Okay, that was our Jacob Alula 2024 season preview. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you with Cofidis next. Ciao. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 